week's message. I am teaching part two of a message. And if you haven't heard yet, uh, last week's message, I encourage you to go to YouTube or go to iTunes and be able to pull that up and to be able to, uh, to listen to it or to watch it because it was entitled, What Do You Think? And this is part two of What Do You Think? And I'm, let me just kind of go back and recap some of the things uh, to, to get us to where we're at today. In Romans 12 and chapter 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that is that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you know that there is a perfect will of God for your life? There is a permissive will for God in your life. That's where you miss it and you decide to go off on your own path. But yet, there is a perfect will of God. Church, I don't know about you, but I want God's perfect will for my life. I don't want to come down to the end of this thing and knowing that I would miss it. How horrible would that be that you would say that you would miss it? Now, the New Living Translation of this says, to be not conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and is perfect. I want to do what's perfect to God. I want to do to where he's pleased with me. Do you, want to, do you want to please our Heavenly Father in heaven? I hope so. Because that's what we want to do is we want to please him. We don't want to please ourselves. We don't want to please our flesh. We want to please God. Sometimes you are spent at the end of the day because of a hard day. And that is when it, you have to take time and renew the mind. When you've gone through a battle, when you've gone through a hardship, when you've gone through a struggle, those are times that you have to, to renew your mind. And I promised you today that I would tell you how that you can renew your mind. The question is, is have you ever noticed how hard it is to focus on renewing our minds when we're tired? How many arguments have started in, in a marriage because someone was tired? How many arguments have started when, uh, with your children because somebody was tired? And, and I think that one thing that I can encourage you to do today is that when you're tired, go to bed. Because it seems like that when we're tired, that's when we can, can be loose living and that's when we do things that we're not supposed to do when we're tired. And, and, and we argue when we're tired. And God wants us to renew our mind. He wants us to renew our strength. The reason why that, that we are this way uh, within our lives is we are so conformed to this world. Last night I had uh, an opportunity to have dinner with a, a longtime friend of mine and, and business associate that, that uh, I work with and just a wonderful man. And <clears throat> we had uh, dinner in Barbersville last night and, and the, the, the lady came up and uh, the, uh, the waitress came up and said, uh, happy holidays. And he said, no, 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 no. And he said, I am not conformed to the left-wing extremist when somebody tells me happy holidays that I am going to say Merry Christmas because 
It is about Jesus and it's Mary. And the woman went on to say, she said, well, she said, I like to say Merry Christmas, but you know how people are. I looked at her and I told her, I said, you know something? I said, what is amazing to me? We hit her with both barrels. I said, what is amazing to me is that 2% of this world determine what the other 98% do. It's amazing to me that people, she told me, she said, people get offended by, by the Christmas tree. Well, you know what? Move out of the United States if you're offended. You know, if you don't like it, you don't have to live here. There's other places you can go, but that's just the way it is. And she looked at us and she said, I had somebody yell at me last week because I said Merry Christmas to him." I'm thinking, what right do people have to change the holiday season, the happy holidays for Merry Christmas? <laughs> what we fail to remember, and I probably shouldn't say this anyway, but Jesus wasn't born in December anyway. But see, if we want to be conformed to this world, then start saying happy holiday. You want to be conformed to this world, start accepting homosexuality as it being normal. There's a politician that's running for office on the Republican side, which I am a Republican. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm against abortion. I'm against all those things. I'm against, uh, I'm against um, you know, same-sex marriage. I'm against all those things. But, but this politician said, and I, and I don't know, but it didn't set right. I was listening to, to Hoppy Kercheval on Talkline the other day. I'm a news junkie, and I like that kind of stuff. And I'm listening to, to, to this guy said, he said, we have to do something with this drug addiction problem that we have in this world. And I said, Yes, and I have given you, and I'm talking to the radio, and I have given people the solution to the drug addiction, the porn addiction, to all the addictions, to all the struggles, and here it is. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. <coughs> that will restore Braxton County. That will restore your family. That will restore anything because what he is talking to is he is talking to the church and we cannot be conformed to this world to start accepting these things that are not of God but we feel pressured I don't but we feel pressured that we have to accept this thing two percent you mix up all that together within the Muslim church, within all the churches, and with all these things, 2% are controlling the 98%. You got quiet on me. But let me tell you, we need to be transformed. Transforms means to make a dramatic change in the form, appearance, and character of. And we do that with the renewing of our mind. To make like new. To restore to freshness. 
and to make new spiritual in your spirituality. One thing that growing up I have never liked in a loaf of bread, I have never liked the heels. Never have liked the heels. But I like fresh bread. Aldi's has, Lindsay and I are on this bagel kick, blueberry bagels. Man, I tell you, you could take a blueberry bagel, put it in a toaster and put peanut butter on it. It will make your tongue slap your brains out. Oh, you can put peanut butter on anything. Peanut butter and toothpaste, it's great. I'm joking. But what I'm saying to you is that I, I don't know about you, but I don't like stale stuff. And I certainly don't want my relationship with Jesus stale, nor do I want your relationship with Jesus stale. And, and the reason why is because we have to renew our mind so that we can be fresh. We have to be on our toes. Do you know that if I'm not on my toes in an airplane, I could crash that thing? If you're not on your toes in a car, do you know that you can crash? Yesterday, I'm driving home from uh, breakfast with uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus, which was phenomenal. Thank you all for participating and being a part of that successful event. And there was a lady, I was driving home, and I was almost home, and there was a lady cut three lanes of traffic right into my lane. And I had to hit the brakes. You got to be on your toes. You got to be on your toes. And let me tell you why you have to be on your toes. Because Satan wants to destroy you. And if you're lazy in your relationship with him, and if you're lazy in where you need to be in the concept of him, he is absolutely going to blow your mind. But if you want to be conformed to the world, you can be, or you can be transformed and be different and renewing of your mind. Is that helping any of us today? To restore to freshness. I don't care if you put bread in a toaster. I don't care if you microwave it. I don't care what you do. I have never been able to bring back stale bread. Into being fresh. And that's the way some of our lives are. And you know why? Because you're, you're sitting on the shelf. You're going stale on the shelf. God doesn't want us to go stale on the shelf. He wants us to be, he wants us to be used. We are servants for the cause of Christ. To renew our mind. To restore to freshness. To make new spiritually. And let me define the mind. Going back into some of the notes from last week. It's a part of the person where you think, where your reason is, where your feelings are, uh, where your memory is. The intellect of a person is in your mind. You must renew your mind. Back to what I was saying. The Apostle Paul said that we, uh, we have to, to be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked so that we are able to be refreshed in our mind on a day-to-day -day basis. That's why Satan is persistent in your mind. That's why he is aggravating you in the mind. That's why he's telling you that that person doesn't like you. That's why he's telling you you'll never get out of debt. That's why he's telling you you'll never get healed. That's why he always will tell you that you will be addicted. Because guess what? God will not tell you that. God will tell you you're free.
But you have to remember is that we have a walking, talking devil that is out there trying to defeat us, and he wants us to fail. <laughs> How many want to fail? How many people want to be sick? How many people want to be in, in, in mental anguish? How many people want that? If you do, something's not right. So what do we do, need to do to renew our mind? If you look at Ephesians 6, 16, it says, Above all, take it on the shield of faith, wherewith that you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It's by the renewing of your mind. When do you know that it's time to renew your mind? I'm going to give you three things. Ask the Lord to guard and to direct your mind, number one. Ask the Lord to guard and to direct your mind. Your mind is a place of intellect, reasoning, and intentions. Our behavior begins in the mind. That is where it is birthed. Our behavior is birthed in the mind. Your mind is where the spiritual transformation happens. Isaiah 26.3 says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. See, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But the Word of God tells us here that, that if we can keep ourselves in perfect peace do you know what perfect peace is because let me tell say you something many people know what torment is but do we really know what perfect peace is that is where God wants you and me to be and being in perfect peace is uncomfortable let me tell you why it's uncomfortable because it is not being conformed to the world because the world is in tor torment the world is in turmoil in many areas and God wants us to walk in peace through the storm Yes, that's where he wants us, and that's what he says that we can be, but not only does he want us to be in peace, but he wants us to be in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, key word, transformed in your mind means to be fixated on him. <coughs> and it's an uncomfortable spot because it's not, it's not something that, it's unusual for people to be able to, to go through something and you say, wow, they're really walking in peace when they're going through the battle. Yeah, because it's God's peace. If you are willing to renew your mind, keep your mind stayed on him, then you will be in perfect peace. Now, would you buy that? Would you buy perfect peace? If you could go to the store, if you could go to Walmart or Aldi's or, or Amazon.com and, and you said, I would like to buy perfect peace, how much would you pay for it? Think about it. How much would you pay for it? You already got it. You already have it. Your mind has been transformed. If you transform your mind into renewing, uh, renewing of your mind, then you will have perfect peace. 
I'm thankful I sleep well every night. It's rare that I'm up. But I'm telling you what, I'm thankful that my mind goes to sleep. I'm thankful for that. Some of you all don't have that privilege, but I do. And I'm thankful and I apply the blood of Jesus over it that it does. Because guess what? He's going to be up all night. Let him worry about it. He never sleeps in the summer. I remember staying the night at my mother-in-law's. Uh, it wasn't long after Christy and I were married. I don't even know why we stayed over there that night. But we, we stayed over at my mother-in-law's. And I, I got up and I went to the bathroom, uh, which is rare that I do that. But I went up and I got to the bathroom. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he said, I neither sleep nor slumber. There is no weakness in the King of Jesus. There is no weakness in him. There is no weakness. that There is nothing that can get him down. He, he is not Darth Vader of Star Wars. You can't kill the king. Satan already tried it. Pharaoh already tried it. This is already tried. I mean, my God, he even went through a crowd of people that were trying to, trying to, to do him in. And he walked right in amongst of him and they didn't even see him. See, we serve a king that is a supernatural king. He is a king that works in the supernatural for you and for me. When we don't even see it, he's working for you. See, we need to worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and, and God is a spirit. There is nothing that gets him down. There is nothing that puts Jesus in a bad mood. You may wake up and say, oh, I'm in a bad mood. There is nothing that shakes him. There's nothing that concerns him because he's the king over it all. But we have to renew our minds. Because we have a flesh that needs to be submitted to the authority of the Spirit. The doubt begins in the mind. It all begins in the mind. And, and let me ask you can, I, can you really be real to me today? And I'll be real right back. How many of us really trust Jesus? I mean, ask, ask yourself that question. Well, I have a job, and, and, and God has, has made, you know, the finances and all, and all that. Kind of, what if you don't have one? Where does it come from? Where does it come from? Because let me tell you something. My accountant told me this years ago, and I never forgot that. I never forgot it. He told me, he looked across the table at me, and he said, Your money, your income does not come from your employer. It comes from God. That's the truth. It comes from God. Now, he gives you all that, but let me tell you something. It comes from him. But let me ask you something. Do you really trust him? Do you trust him over your children? Do you trust him over your church? Do you trust him over your marriage? Do you trust him over your finances? Do you trust him over uh, all the things that, that you feel like that God wants to do? Do you trust him? Because let me tell you something. Trust Street is empty in many ways. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And, and see, if we're not hearing the Word, if we're not in the Word, if we're not dumpster diving into it to where we can say, hey, I've got to get something out of this, I've got to learn something from God, let me tell you something, then your faith will dwindle, and your faith will become weak, and then you're being conformed to the world, and what the world says, more debt, more debt, more this, more that. And let me tell you something, God is saying that He wants us transformed. Please help me. Does this make sense? 
If you are willing to renew your mind and keep your mind stayed on him, then you will walk in perfect peace. Number two, recognizing the source of self-focus and self-defeating thoughts. This is another way to renew your mind. Number one was to ask the Lord to guard and to direct your mind. And number two is to recognize the source of self-focused and self-defeating thoughts. Remember, your behavior starts in the mind. Satan will distract and disarm you as a Christian. Do you understand that? That Satan will distract you and he will disarm you. And you can't allow that to happen. Because you still feel a symptom, because you still hurt, or because you still feel that, you say, no, no, devil, I'm healed. Catherine Coleman, go online and look, at, look her up. She had a white dress, and she would dance around the platform, and people would be healed in her meetings. But what was the percentage of, uh, that didn't get healed? 98%? Was that what it was? They lost it. Lost their healing. How do we lose our healing? I, I could pray for people and we could baptize you and, and, and throw and grease you up like a pig with, uh, with anointing oil. But here's the thing that you have to understand is that Satan wants to take what God gave you. So you have to remember that your behavior begins in the mind and Satan will distract you. You remember this dude that jumped out of a boat and went to Jesus and started to sink? And Jesus had to reach down and grab a hold of him. You know why? Because he was looking. Church, you have to be fixated on Jesus. I'll never forget when I was learning to fly, I flew into Jaeger Airport. Man, it I flew, I've done a lot of flying in Jaeger Airport back in my teenage days, but let me tell you something, uh, Brad and I flew into, into Jaeger Airport a couple of months ago, and it was nighttime, and I'm telling you, you land at 70 mile an hour, you gotta land at 70 mile an hour, and let me tell you something, I'm looking all over, and there's this, there's this blue, blue line going down the middle, and it's flashing, and the lights on the side are flashing, and I'm thinking, and I'm coming in just like I'm supposed to, I'm falling 500 feet a minute, and you know, and I'm just doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing and I'm holding on to the wheel and I think wow this is so cool it wasn't like that when I used to fly in the 80s but it's like that now and it's really cool I was fixated on everything around me <coughs> Brad Duffield's one of the finest people you'll ever meet but if you get a that a boy out of him that's special I mean it's special you go home on cloud nine. We have headphones on and a microphone right there. And he says, will you look? And here I am. I'm just like, I'm hearing the song in my mind. Looks like we made it. Da, 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 da. You know, and I'm just flying along. And it's so smooth and all that kind of stuff. And I hear this. I come back to reality, and I look over at Brad, and I said, what? He said, look at your airspeed. He said, you're 85 miles an hour. What did I say you land at? 70. You don't land at 80. You land at 70. 
I fixed it. It's so easy to get your mind off the prize. It's so easy to get your mind onto something else when it needs to be onto this. Remember that your behavior begins at the mind. Satan will distract and disarm you. The question is, and I want to ask you this, have you ever experienced periods of mental oppression that seemed physical? Mental oppression that seemed to manifest itself from the mind into the physical. That, that's, that goes from self-focused and self-defeating thoughts. Have you ever felt a heaviness that, has, that had self-defeating thoughts that followed. Have you, have you ever felt that? Have you ever woke up and you just sensed a heaviness over you? And, and you thought, oh, where is that coming from? And, and you, you know it's demonic because Satan wants to take you out. If he can shut you down, he will shut you up. That heaviness, that self-defeating thoughts that you'll never amount to it. You'll never achieve it. You'll never get there. <coughs> it's a lie from the pits. But you have to recognize the source of self-focusing and self-defeating thoughts. You have to get those self-defeating thoughts out of your mind. And you do that by renewing your mind and reading the Word of God. It's so important. Have you ever engaged in a spiritual battle? So what do you do when you... When you or in a, in a spiritual battle? What do you do when, when things are awry? What do you do when things are going wrong? What do, you, what do you do when you're going 85 mile an hour and you need to slow down to 70? It demands an action. You pray. You confess. And you read God's word. And then you do it all over again. You pray. You confess. And you read God's word and you, you press through the battle because he is fighting it for you. Some of you are in the battle of your life, and the reason why that you're in the battle of your life is because you have a high calling from heaven. Satan will fight you with discouragement. He will fight you with addiction. He will fight you with struggles. He'll fight your body. He will fight you, and the reason why he will fight you is because he is trying to keep you from your calling. You were called, and you're called for a purpose. The other day, I was up here, and it was wind was blowing, and, and I had been to Richie Roach's funeral home just to see if he had any walk-in deals. And I had, uh, I had walked in, and I, 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 should, I just didn't. Silly, but I went in to see Richie and, and was talking to Richie, and 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 I walked back to the house and, and was getting ready to go to Rotary. And I, I went to the bathroom and fixed my hair, and I come out, put my coat on, and was getting ready to walk out the door, and I wiped my nose, and there was blood all over me. My nose had started to bleed, and I used to have nosebleeds real bad, but 
I had surgery back in 1986 and had all that fixed. And then there was a few years ago I had a spell of it, and, and, and it, it just started bleeding. And, and I hadn't had any for a long time, and it just started bleeding. And I like to never got it stopped. If you looked at the bathroom over there right after it got done, you thought somebody had done slit somebody's throat in there because there was blood all over the place. You say, why are you telling me that? Because Satan will try to cause you to doubt your healing. Because I believe I'm healed. You say, well, you had a nosebleed. You couldn't be healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. But what tries to take place inside of you is this panic wants to uprise in you. Think you're going to die, or it's not going to stop, or you'll never get healed, you'll never get delivered, you'll never get this, you'll never achieve that. It's a lie. Some of you are in the battle of your life because of your calling. Some of you don't even. Some of you haven't even had a toothache, and you don't even give God a second look on what he wants to do in your life. And you say, what are you talking about? You're not being fought because you're not a threat, because you're not doing anything. That's a, that's a great way to be. Well, you know, the enemy never fights me. Why? He don't fight people that's doing something. You start witnessing the people, he's going to fight you. Some people are basically dead weight for the kingdom. You ever notice that people on the job sometimes are just dead weight? Yeah, they're just dead weight for the, they're just wanting a paycheck and, and, and that's it. There's people like that that are dead weight for the kingdom of God. They're not going to do anything for the kingdom of God because they're cozy some of you will never fulfill the calling that God has for you because you think it's somebody else's responsibility and not yours you've got a calling Every one of us are called. Because I want a group of saints around me that are going through it. That are going through it. And when they thought the devil had them, God came on the scene. And he moved on your behalf. When you thought you were down for the count. When Satan was ready to stick his dagger inside of you. And the nail scarred hand as he began to thrust you with a, with a dagger. And that nail scarred hand from Calvary stops him and says, no, that's my child. 
Because you are a child of the Most High God and you have rights and you have the ability to overcome. Because I'm telling you, God has helped me and he will help you. But I don't want to be around a bunch of people that haven't gone through it. I don't want to trust people that don't have a limp. And I'm talking about a spiritual limp. Somebody who's gone through something. Those are the people that will move heaven. People that have gone through it. I want to be around Christians that have battle scars because of the battle. They've won the victory. They've had a sickness, but they've been healed. They had a, an addiction, but it's been broken. Those are the people I want to be around. Yeah. I want to be around the saints where the devil knows their name. Those are the kind of people I want to be around. I don't want to be around these casual dead weight Christians that, that, and I use that word lightly, that Satan doesn't know who you are. Let me tell you something. My God, I remember being in a service one time. I was up in Quincy is where I was, in the old post office. And, and I may have shared this story with you before. And, and uh, the preacher, Jerry Cantley, looks at me and he said the service was over. He looks at me and he says, pray for that woman. She's demon possessed. And I looked and there was a woman coming down the aisle and she was hugging the wall. She was hugging the wall. She was like this. She was like this. She was crawling up the wall. I'll never forget. I was just a young preacher at that time. And, and she was hugging up the wall. And you know what she said, Thomas? She looks at me and she says, she says, I know who you are. In a demonic spirit, she said, I know who you are. And she says, and I know who Paul is. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Let me tell you something. I know that the devil knows my name. Because let me tell you something. I'm a child of the Most High God. And I know that when I wake up, He knows that I'm awake. And I know that He's got a plan for my life to destroy me. But thank God I've got angels that protect me. I've got the King of Kings that protects me. And let me tell you something that, that I learned not long ago. And Kelly and I were talking about this uh, the other day. People say, and Jensen Franklin was saying this. He said that people say, well, a new level, a new devil. No, a new level, a new level of protection. You don't be scared of the devil. He's a failure. Defeated in Jesus' name. Defeated because of the blood. Stop being dead weight. Stop being on his side. Start being on God's side. Start going through some things so that you can help people and that you can become a servant. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. And I've learned to trust him more. I want to be around saints who the devil knows who they are and that they carry. I want to be around saints that have God's power to defeat the wicked one. Those are the people I want to be around.
I want to be around people. You know, my dad played softball. And they played up Campbell's Creek a lot. Anybody know where Campbell's Creek is? They used to play softball up there. And every time they go to Campbell's Creek, there was a fight that broke out. <coughs> my dad's brother could absolutely put a ball under your chin if you said anything to him. And they would fight. I want to be around a bunch of Christians. That Let me tell you something. When somebody comes up and they're demon possessed or somebody comes around you that's absolutely got some kind of problem. I want to be around a bunch of Christians that won't scatter like a bunch of ants in bug spray. But I want a bunch of be around a bunch of Christians that will absolutely lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. I want to be around a bunch of Christians that when somebody's demonic they can say we bind that devil in Jesus name and command it to come out. And they're free and they're delivered. Those are the kind of people prayer warriors, people that know what the battle is and, and that they can make it through the battle. Those are the kind of people I want to be around. My God, if you're not doing anything for him. Oh, I'm just trying to be casual. Don't want to offend nobody. Start saying Merry Christmas. I looked at a woman one time and she told me this. She said, oh, I think people sometimes... They, they like to, they pride themselves in their ailments. They pride themselves in their ailments. She looked at me and she said, oh, I have lupus. That's what she told me. And there was such a sense of, Ricky, there was such a sense of pride that she had that. You know, people have, have documented their sickness. My cancer, my this, my that, my this. God didn't give it to you. Stop claiming stuff. My depression. But you know, people are going through this. My this. Don't own that stuff. That stuff don't belong to you. That belongs to the devil in hell's pit. And I looked at this person and I called her by name. And I said, whoa. I said, don't you believe that Jesus can heal you from that? I hate this one, John. This is what people say. Oh, he'll heal me if it be his will. It is his will. Devil's lying. He's cheating. He's stealing. Would you let a thief in your house? Lady one time told me in the neighborhood, she said, where we live in the hood, she told me this. She said, she said I, was at a, I was at a funeral, and she said, will you start leaving your porch light on at night? She said, it will deter burglars. And I looked at her, being the finance guy that I am, and I said, is the homeowners going to write me a check every month for the power bill? And she said, well, no. And I said, well, ma'am, I said, can I tell you something? I said, if a burglar comes up to my house, they're going to see the angels standing on the roof. 
They're going to see the angels standing on the roof. They're going to see the people. They're going to see the principalities and the powers of rulers of darkness. Run because guess what? Because there are angels that protect my children. There are angels that protect us. There are angels that protect our home when I'm, and when I'm driving up and down the road. There are angels that protect us. Do you know that you have guardian angels? I'm going to stop right here. It's a shame that your guardian angels have to see some of the stuff that you do. And that I do. The doubt that we have. The oppression that we allow to come upon us. If we will renew our minds. I'm going to give you one scripture and then turn you loose here. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Let me go back up to verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are strongholds that try to attack, attach themselves to you and me. Here's the, here's the verse I want you to take with you. <coughs> Casting down imagination. Not being conformed to the world, but transformed in your mind. Casting down imagination. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Those are the things that occupy your mind that says, I don't believe God can do it. I don't believe he can set me free. I don't believe that he can make me debt free. I don't think that he can fill this church up. I don't think that he can do those things. Casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bring it to captivity. Every thought. Not some of them, but every thought. To the obedience of God. Can I give you a revelation? Casting down imaginations. That can also be things that aren't real. Things that aren't real. That the enemy has messed with you in your mind. To make something that's not real. To become reality. From the spirituality to the transformation into the physical. That, my friend, is how you renew your mind. How you do it. Stand to your feet. What do you do with that sermon? You got to cast down that imagination. 
you've got to cast down that self-denial of saying, I'll never get this, I'll never get that. I'm just smart enough to believe what the Bible says by faith. Through faith. By faith. Having the faith of a mustard seed. That I can move mountains. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You've got to start getting the Word. You've got to pipeline the Word of God into your mind so that you're not conformed to the world, but transformed to the renewing of your mind. Jesus, we just pray that the altar service, Father, that you'll do something with people. Father, Lord, whatever you want to do, Father, it's you. I don't even give you permission. It's your service. You do what you want. Father, you have your liberty. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Anybody have anything they want to pray over? You come. The altar's open. God wants you free. He wants me free. He wants our minds to be at peace with Him. Is that what the world says? No. That's what God says. You're tired of it? Come and surrender it over to Him. You see beautiful And you're helping me To build Your restoring me Piece by piece Thank you for restoring me There's nothing to dirty Thank you, Jesus. 
world has nothing to offer you but grief but Jesus has everything he has everything he loves you he cares about you we serve a great God hallelujah hallelujah we we want to recognize Thomas Jackson today. Thomas was recognized last night. It was it firefighter of the quarter? Is that what it was? So you're part of that? Yeah, so congratulations to you. Congratulations. Thomas is, uh, uh, I don't know, he talks sense to me. And... You know, he follows me everywhere I go. He's head of security here at the Pulse and keeps us all safe with the longest, with his team. But, you know, he, he, when I'm over there getting dressed and fixing my hair, he's giving me all this theology. And I'm thinking, I always appreciate that, too. I appreciate that. Um, also, Sandy, what was it? Eight, eight dozen eggs? How many, how many dozen eggs? Seven and a half dozen eggs. 90 biscuits. And I don't know how many pots of coffee and juice and all that. Thank you all for, thank you for your help and those. And it's all about Jesus. And let me tell you something. I, I've never seen two people that can be Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus like Les and Sandy Vance. I'm telling you, they were just absolutely. I was driving home, Les, yesterday, and I thought, hmm, they need a booking agent. Put you on the road. <laughs> but uh, you all just did such a, a wonderful. So I went by and I sat on Santa's lap. I don't know if you saw it. Asked him for a million dollars. <laughs> but uh, God's, God's faithful. So uh, just another way for us to let people. And what, what, I, what I was really excited about is I think people are starting to like us. I think people are starting to like us. And I'm really happy 
that people are starting to like us. That when I walk down the road, people don't go across the street to go down the other way. They'll actually walk down and, hey, how you doing? And talk to you a minute. Yeah, I think people are starting to like us. And I just pray in Jesus' name. Now, I'll just let you know a couple things. Um, I'm going to relieve you. Uh, you, know, you don't have to do the Daniel fast uh, the first 21 days. You don't have to rebel on me. You don't have to rebel on me. I, I sensed it. I sensed it the other day. I walked by somebody, and I thought, hmm, I need to tell them that we're not doing the Daniel fast this year. So that, But I just got that look, you know. It's like, don't ask me to do the Daniel fast. <clears throat> you can do it if you want to. I recommend it. I, I want to do it. Uh, but I'm not recommending you to do it. But you want the power in your life, prayer and fasting. Prayer, prayer and fasting is where it is. That, that is where it is. You want the power of the Holy Ghost in your life? And I want my shadow to be able to, to see people healed. I want the anointing so strong in my life that people, that the devil's uncomfortable. I, I want that. But it comes through prayer and it comes through fasting. And I encourage you, I encourage you to do that. I pray you have a great week. Everybody got their Christmas shopping done. Next Sunday morning we will have our, um, that is Sunday, isn't it? Twenty second. Um, next Sunday we will have our Christmas program, uh, and we encourage you to come out and be a part of it and bring people. Uh, we're not going to be having a Christmas dinner. We we had a Thanksgiving dinner, but we're not going to do a Christmas dinner. But we have some neat stuff that are scheduled for uh, scheduled for the first of the year. So we're excited about what God's doing. It's hard to believe. I think t- 2019 is almost over. God bless you all. Have a great day. Great great evening. Thanks for being here.